0: Would you turn with me this morning to the book of John, John 14 and 21, John 14, Jesus said, He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Judas said to him, not Iscariot, another Judas, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered and said to him, If a man love me, he will keep my words. Is this true? Certainly it is. The master said it. How do we know if you love the Lord? You keep his words. Now, keeping his words involves a number of things. It involves treasuring them. To keep involves the idea of holding, valuing, treasuring them. It also includes the idea of remembering them and not forgetting them. How can you keep his words if you forget them? But then finally, keeping his words involves doing them. Being a doer of it. And he goes on to say, if somebody loves me, they will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him. This is a wonderful phrase. We will come to him. Now, he's already said it, referred to it twice, about him manifesting himself to that individual. We will come to him. I will manifest myself to him, and we will make our abode with him. Abode is not visit. Abode is move in with. Stay with. Dwell with. Live with. Now, if you're not excited about this verse, you haven't seen what he's saying. If you're truly born again, you've met the Master. You've met Him. Now that doesn't mean you know everything about Him. Doesn't even mean you know much about Him. But you've met Him. You know He's real. And you're born again. And if you have met Him, and you have tasted of His goodness, there is something burning in you now. And that is that you want, (laughs) that's right, (laughs) you want more. Now, if you don't want more, I'm wondering about you. I'm serious. Have you really been born again? Or has it just been so long and you've gotten so cold that you've forgotten what the presence of the Lord is like? Either that's the case or you never knew Him. Walking with the Lord, being saved, being born again, being a child of God is not a matter of religious ritual and institution. It's not just a matter of joining a church or attending a church or having your name on a roll. It's knowing the living person of the Almighty. It's experiencing. Somebody say experience. Experiencing. Him, His presence, His grace, His love, His truth, His power. He said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Is He good? Have you tasted? Have Anybody in here tasted of the Lord? Can you testify? He's real and He's good. He's real and He's good. If you really have, then I know this. You want more. (laughs) I know it. You want to know more about Him. You want to see more of Him. You want to experience more of Him. You want to receive more of Him. It is those that hunger and thirst... After him. After his righteousness. Those are the ones that will be filled. Not the self-satisfied. Not the don't cares. Not the complacence. You got a hunger. You got a thirst. You got to reach. Those that seek. Fine. You draw near to him. He draws near to you. Deep calls unto deep. There's something in you. That calls out to the one that made you. (laughs) And when you touch him. It just stirs you up a whole the more. And it makes you want to reach more. And further. And stronger. And if that's so. Then you do get hungry for him. And you do want to see more of him. And you see that in some of the. Some of the churches. And some of the meetings that are going on now. You hear a lot about. Hunger and even desperation. We're desperate for God. We're hungry for God. So there's a cry, you know, particularly some of the youth meetings. And you see it among some other meetings. People just cry and clamor and pull. God, I got to have you. I got to have you. Show yourself to me. Manifest yourself to me. And I appreciate the desire, but it's not faith. And God responds to faith, not desperation. Nowhere in the Word are you told to be desperate. (laughs) Some folks don't like this. (laughs) Find me Scriptures. Find Scriptures that support you yielding to desperation. Desperation is a form of unbelief. Lord, if I don't get you, I'm going to die. Don't talk about if you don't get Him. You have Him. He has you. Well, we're clamoring for God to manifest Himself to us. He told us He would manifest Himself to us if we would do this. It's easier to be desperate than do this. It's easier to clamor and cry and beg. Than to do this. There's no need for you and I to beg Him to show Himself to us. I said there's no need. It's misdirection, it's wrong thinking to just perpetually clamor. And beg him to show himself to us. He told us. You do this. And I will manifest myself to you. I will show myself to you. The Amplified says I'll make myself real to you. (laughs) Well I know even as I say that. Some people don't agree. I'm quoting scripture friend. I'm quoting Bible. Now if that's different from how you think. Guess who needs to change? The scripture doesn't need to change. You have to watch about getting into things. Just because it's popular. Just because other people are doing it. I was reading something the other night. And uh, books are written on it. Conferences have been held over. And as far as I can tell, it's totally unscriptural. Totally. Wrong. Examine what you believe. Even good people. Even people that have been powerfully used of God can get off. Can miss it. You need Scripture. I said you need Scripture. And not just a half a verse. If it's truth, you're going to find it multiple places all through the Word. There's a recurring theme of it. What did the Bible say? If a man loves me, what will he do? He will keep my words. What if you say you love him, but you don't do what he says? Then you don't. I love the Lord, I love the Lord. You can say it 10,000 times, but if you don't do what he says, you don't. You love something else more. If you loved him more, you'd do what he said. If you decide to do something else rather than what he said, then you love something else more than you love him. My Father will come to him, we'll come unto him, and make our abode with him. He that loves me not keeps not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. Go back to verse 21 again. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Now I am hungry to see more of him, to experience more of him. And I've learned from the Word, he didn't tell me, if you want me to manifest myself to you, then beg me night and day. Get desperate for me. He told me, keep my words. Didn't He? Yes, sir. Treasure what I have said. Remember what I have said. Practice what I have said. Yes. Keep my words and I will. Yes. Show myself to you. Yes, I'll manifest myself to you. I'll make myself real to you. I believe it. Yes. I believe it. Yes. So I'm willing and ready to do it. Yes, sir. And I'm leading you in this church. And we're studying the words of Jesus. And we're do we're saying, All right, do I know who said this? Do I understand what he said to me? Am I doing what he said? And we're practicing it now in faith. Yes. If we're not doing it, we're going to begin doing it. Yes. If we are doing it, we're going to do it even more and better. Yes. And we're going to do it in faith, expecting that as we do, He's going to manifest Himself to us. Manifest himself to us. Yes in our services. But not just in the services. Late Sunday night manifest himself to you. In your home. Early Monday morning manifest himself to you. In your car on the way to work. Manifest himself to you. You don't have to beg. You don't have to cry. You don't have to be desperate. What do you have to do? You got to keep his words. Keep his words. That's much more challenging than being desperate means you got to do something. (laughs) I understand where people are coming from. I do. One reason I know some of these things, I made some of the same mistakes. I did. Before Phyllis and I ever came to Ramah, before we ever got into ministry, we had just gotten married. We lived in a little bitty trailer house, and God began to deal with me, and, and I began to get hungry for him. And I did that. I clamored. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, I'm hungry. I got to have you. Oh, God, oh, God. If I'd have known the word desperate, I'd have used that all the time. (laughs) I didn't think about being desperate. I was. I just didn't call it that. And oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, talk to me. Oh, God, oh, God, I got to have you. It's a sign of infancy. It's a sign of infancy. You know you want something. But like a little baby, you don't know how to ask for it. All you know how to do is go, ah, ah. ah. <laughs> There's a lot of people got revelation right then. Yeah. Right then. <laughs> we should grow up though. And if we grow up, we'll learn when we're going, I won't, I won't. He'll we'll understand and know him well enough to know he said. Okay, I told you what to do to get it. And you'll have to go, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you. Do you want it? Do what I told you to do. But a lot of folks still want to go, ah, just.
1: <laughs>
0: and play dumb. I said, play dumb. Act like they didn't hear that. It's easier it ministers to your flesh to roll around on the floor and cry. It's like a romantic (laughs) tearjerker. There are people that like, they really enjoy it. Getting together and watching something sad, but with a little sweetness to it here and there. But sad, and just crying,'t oh, oh, some, There's something your flesh likes about that. It's a yielding to the flesh. And it's one thing to do it in a movie, but people are doing it by the thousands in church and think it's spiritual. They're calling it spiritual. But it's flesh. It's flesh. Did you hear me? There's no faith in it. Watch about the songs you sing. Examine the words of the songs that you're singing. I don't care if they're popular. Examine the words. So many songs you hear nowadays, I need. I need, I need, I've got to have, I need, I want, I need. None of that's faith. It's not faith. Examine the epistles. See what Paul prayed for those that had come into the Lord. In prayers like Ephesians. He said, I'm praying that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened. So that you would what? What? you would know what's the hope of your calling. What? The riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints. The exceeding greatness of the power of God that He wrote in Christ when He raised Him from the... He's not praying that God would do something for them. That they'd be desperate and hungry. He's praying they'd find out what has already been done. And begin to believe it and begin to decree it. We need songs that say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm overcomer, I'm righteous, I'm healed, I'm delivered, I'm free, I'm blessed. Not I'm desperate. I need, I've got to have. This is not faith. It ministers to your flesh, your flesh likes the feel of it. You go through the gyrations, you sweat, you cry, you wail, you moan, you feel like you've done something. And you did. (laughs) But it was flesh. My friend. I know because I've done it. I remember going through those gyrations 30 some years ago. I remember I'd go out into the woods at night. Sincere. Absolutely sincere. Crying. Oh God. God talk to me. What is it? God I got to have you. God. 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 I'm a baby. And I'm going, ah. And he loves me. And he knows I'm a baby. And finally, after months and months of this, he spoke to my heart. I don't mean to heard an audible voice. But he spoke to my heart. One of the greatest things helped set me on the course. This is before I ever, you know, came to Ramah before I ever learned anything. You know, the things about faith that we learned through Brother Hagen's ministry and all like that. I was crying for the 10,000th time. God, talk to me. I'm wanting to see something. I'm wanting to hear an audible voice. I'm wanting to see a vision. I'm wanting to feel something. When you're a baby, that's all you know. That's how you are. It actually is a refusal to walk by faith. You're clamoring to see and feel. We're called to walk by faith. And... uh, For the 10,000th time, I guess, I'm saying, oh, God, talk to me. Oh, God, talk to me. Oh, God, talk to me. Oh, God, oh, God. What is it? What is it? Talk to me. Oh, Lord, if you'd just talk to me. If you'd just, ah. And he did. He did. Glory to God. I was kneeling down on our red shag carpet in our little uh, 1969 Marriott mobile home. With the genuine simulated leather sofa. (laughs) And red velvet curtains. I was right by them. And I was crying out for the 10,000th time. God talked to me. God talked to me. And there had been a Bible sitting over on the couch for all day. (laughs) And can you imagine what he said to me? He spoke to me. I know he spoke to me. I didn't hear an audible voice, but I knew he spoke to me. This is what he said. He said, Keith, I have said many things to you in the book that you don't know. Find out what I've already said to you. And if I want to say anything else to you, I will. (laughs) So for the last 30 years, (laughs) I've been endeavoring to find out. What he already said to me. And there have been some times when he said something else to me. And of course it was always in line with what he said in here. Sometimes you're saying it a different way. But can you see where people are missing it? I'm wanting him to manifest himself to me. He said, I've already told you how I'm going to manifest myself to you. Find out what I said. Keep my words. Do what I say. You won't have to ask me to manifest myself to you. I told you I will manifest myself to you. Come on, friends. Quit begging. Quit crying. Quit being desperate. Begin to be obedient. Begin to love the Lord. Do His Word. Obey Him on a regular basis. Act in faith. Live in faith. And you won't have to beg Him and be desperate. He will manifest Himself to you. You'll sense His presence in your life in an increasing measure. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I'm excited about this series. Because I believe not just in the service, but in home. You and I are going to grow in this. We're going to advance in this. And the presence of God is going to increase. Increase in our services, in our homes, in our cars, in our places of work. Why? Because we're keeping His Word. We're loving Him with all our heart. And we're keeping His Word. And we're doing what He said. And He'll do what He said. He'll manifest Himself to us. We went to the first chapter of John, and we began to talk, we were looking at red letters. All of these are the words of the Lord, but, you know, we don't have time to do a, a word-by-word study on the whole Bible. I don't know that we'll be alive that long. But we thought we'd start with John, and look at the red letters, and stir ourselves up and say, okay, we're going to keep these words. Be a good place to start, wouldn't it? And a good place to grow in advance. We looked in John 1 at several of these words, and uh, we'll go on today to John 2. At this rate, (laughs) it could take a while, but that's okay. That's okay. You got anything better to do than talk about what Jesus said? doesn't get much better than this, does it? I mean, this is about about as important as anything ever gets. What he said. And when we're hearing them, now before we even read them, do we reverence what he said? This is the master. Do we love him? How can we tell that we love him? We keep his words. Keep his words means treasure them. Remember them. Do them. He said in, uh, the scripture said in John 2, The third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. You know, Jesus went to things other than prayer meetings and Bible studies. He did. This is a wedding party. This is a party. Jesus went to parties. (laughs) He did. (laughs) You know, religion. Ah, Religion. Takes all the fun out of everything. And claims it's in the name of the Lord. There's a story told. Brother Hagin used to tell it. About an acquaintance of his that. They were years ago in a part of the world where there was no refrigeration, and it was hot all the time, and the people had never had any ice cream. He thought that was a tragedy. (laughs) He's a great lover of ice cream himself, and he (laughs) thought that's just too bad. So he arranged to have some ice cream brought in on a ship, and they lined them up out in the village. And, you know, of course, it's not going to last long out there with no refrigeration. So they lined everybody up and gave everybody a dip or a double dip, you know, of ice cream. And one of the ladies in his church that was the, you know, everybody considered her to be one of the most spiritual women in the church, most faithful and prayer and everything else and a worker. And she got to it and, and she took a big lick off of it and threw it down. He said, sister, sister, they had to ship that in. It's all going to be melted. She said, anything tastes that good Have to be a sin. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a lot of people that assume if it's fun, it has to be a sin. If there's any enjoyment to it, it has to be a sin. And yet the Bible said in 1 Timothy 6.17 God gives us richly all things to enjoy. In his presence is fullness of joy. No. He's not opposed to you and I having enjoyment, having fun. He's opposed to sin. Sin kills. Sin destroys and robs you of things in your life. So they went to things other than prayer meetings and Bible studies. He didn't have to go to this, did he? He could have said, I can't go. I can't be bothered going to a party. I'm Jesus. (laughs) I have to pray. (laughs) I have to study the Word. (laughs) Now granted, there's a lot of folk could do with a lot more praying and studying the Word. No question about that. But you see, people get off. It's actually a form of spiritual pride. I'm more spiritual than you. I can't be involved in the kind of trivial things you're involved in. Because we've got the world to save. <laughs> and you'll find people like this have no joy. And they just get mean. And judgmental. And drive their kids away from God. I said, drive their kids away from God. You don't punish your children by sending them to their room and forcing them to read scriptures. Reading the Word is a joy and a privilege. It's not punishment. You don't punish your children by sending them to pray. They shouldn't consider being forced to go to church. Punishment. What are you associating with God? And there's a whole lot of people don't want to go to church, don't want to be a Christian, because they got relatives that are. That's right. They got parents, they got brothers and sisters, they got grandparents, they got friends, they got family, and they think, man, you know, if being a Christian is being like Uncle Joe or Aunt Mildred or Daddy or Mama, forget it. I want to have some fun. Well, God is the life of every real party. (laughs) You talk about fun. He's going to show us what fun is when we get out of here. But we can have days of heaven on the earth. We can have fun. You don't have to sin to have fun. In fact, sin is not fun. There is some temporary pleasure in sin. There is. But the afterwards, it leaves gravel in your mouth. It's bitterness, the Scripture talks about. And it's not fun. It's just death. And it stays with you and stays with you. Jesus has a sense of humor. He's funny. He is. He can say stuff that make you laugh for days. And there's nothing off color in it. There's nothing ugly in it. There's nothing derogatory to other people in it. Come on, are you listening now? You don't have to go with the devil and sin to have fun. The devil doesn't know how to have fun. He knows how to pervert things and twist them and mess them up and kill, steal and destroy. That's all he knows. It's sad that so much of the world stays away from church by the millions and stays away from God by the millions because they think if you completely sell out to God, you completely commit your life to God, your fun is done. It's over. Jesus and his staff and his mom went to a party. So they're partying, (laughs) there's music. There's chip and dip. (laughs) There's dancing. Jesus is dipping a Dorito. John and everybody's going, man, that's some good music. That's a happening party, man. And Jesus' mom leans over and goes, they're out of punch. Wine. There you go. Out of wine. And boy, you could really get into something here too, couldn't you?
1: <laughs>
0: yes, Jesus drank wine. Yes, he did. I know it's religious taboo. <laughs> he was a partier and a wine drinker. <laughs> Am I reading this right or not? Did he go to a party? It's not a Bible study. It ain't a prayer meeting. It ain't at the synagogue. And it wasn't Kool-Aid. <laughs> well, I'd never. So you're saying you're holier than Jesus. Jesus. You best watch it. (laughs) I ain't got time to go to such stuff. So you're more spiritual than Jesus. Or maybe you're just warped. (laughs) Religiously messed up in the head. (laughs) Moving right along. (laughs) They wanted wine. Not unusual at parties. People want wine. And the mother of Jesus said to him, they don't have any wine. They're out of wine. Party's going. Music's going. Everything's going. Why did she tell him this? Why did she tell him they're out of wine? I mean, we have reason to believe that Jesus knew something about the carpentry business, the woodworking business, but nothing about them being in the wine business. (laughs) Or that they had a wine dealership, or (laughs) they drank wine. (laughs) You should see some of the looks I'm getting across. (laughs) People look like I'm slapping them. (laughs) I'm reading the Bible. Why did she tell him this? There have been outstanding things associated with his life from the beginning. The star, the angels, the wise men visiting, the gifts, Simon's prophecy, Anna's prophecy, you remember? And the Bible said she pondered these things in her heart. And this obviously has grown over the years, as he's grown up, he's a grown man now. And she's seen, if anybody's seen him close up, she has. From an infant, child, teenager, a young man. And something about his life has impressed her. How I many know when your family's impressed? Something's going on. Right? When your family thinks God's hand's on you. Why would she say that to him? Why? And his response reveals that he's wondering why she says something to him. (laughs) Here's some red letters. Jesus said to her, woman, what have I to do with you? Mine hour is not yet come. My hour is not yet come. Let me read that to you from another translation here. The scripture said in uh, the NAS... Jesus said, Woman, what does that have to do with us? This is not our party. We're not in the wine business. What does this have to do with us? The complete Jewish Bible says, Mother, why should that concern me or you? And two or three translations, instead of just saying woman, say, Dear woman. How many believe that Jesus who is the word manifest, who practiced the word about honoring and showing respect to mother and father, is not disrespecting his mother. He's not being rude to her, harsh to her. So it's a matter of, you know, Greek, Aramaic to English. to It's a translation deal. But I think the dear woman kind of catches the idea too, doesn't it? He's saying, woman but in a respectful way. But then he's also asking her, why are you telling me this? What is that to you or to me? Now, this is an important thing for you and I to know. If Jesus thought like this, you should think like this. We know he got direction after this or as this developed. He got direction. He acted on it. He did what he was directed to do. But there's a whole lot of things That just don't pertain to you. That are not your business. And there's a lot here. People will try to make you their source. Family, friends, ministers, others will try to make you their source. Particularly if God has used you before. As a channel To meet a need or to cause something to be fixed or done or a desire to be met in their life is too easy for carnal people. You know, carnal means the flesh, the natural, is more real to you than the spirit, which means people are more real to you than God, which means you're going to tend to look to people rather than God. And uh, it's all too often that people will look to other people and pull on them. And there could be, maybe he felt a little of that. Paul, when she looked at him and said, you know, they're out of wine. Now, he's, they're not in the wine business. What's the deal? What is she saying? Do something? Should you do something? Do what? Why'd she say that to him? She knew the hand of God was on him. She knew the anointing was on him and in him. She'd observed this over the years. She knew. She knew. There were miraculous possibilities. But even at that, we learn a lesson from the Master. Don't let anybody look to you as their source. And there's a whole lot of things that are just not your concern. Just because you're a believer, just because you love them, just because you know something about faith, just because you have some resources, doesn't mean it's your responsibility Don't let anyone make you their source. Are you clear? That includes family. Immediate family. Spouse. Brothers, sisters. Parents, grandparents. Cousins. Co-workers. If people come to you and go, Do you know they got to have thousand dollars by the end of the month? They're going to get kicked out. The enemy sometimes will try to come if you got a heart that cares and try to make you feel like it's your fault they're going to get kicked out. Did you hear me? But they may have uh, drank up their rent money or gambled it away or any number of things. And why is it your fault? But people will try to make it your fault. They, you know, it's an emergency now that you have to do something. Because they're in a bind. No. A lot of times it's nothing to you. Doesn't mean you don't care. I said it doesn't mean you don't care. But you've got to remember this. They have the same provider you do. They have exactly the same provider you do. He's your source and theirs, whether they know it or not. Not you. Now you want to stay open. But if you do something, be sure it's because the Lord dealt with you. Not because they pulled on you. Or cried. Or tried to make you feel bad. Or tried to make you feel responsible. These are tactics of the devil. And he'll do it through people. Even people close to you. Because they yield to the flesh and don't have faith. And they look at you as their only hope, my only source. It's wrong. He said, what's that to me? And what's that to you? And she wisely backed off. But she did reach over and tell the guys. But she did back off because she didn't say anything else to him about it. But she did want the guys to be ready. And that's good. Always stay ready. And what's her advice? An old man is some of the best advice you ever got on anything. What'd she say? She leaned over and told him. Whatever he says to you though, do it. Don't think about it. Don't talk about it. Don't have a committee meeting about it. (laughs) Don't vote on it. Don't write a book about it. Don't. Develop theories on it? Just do it. Somebody say do it. Do it. Do it. 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 There were set there six water pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkins apiece. I believe the Amplified says 20 or 30 gallons. So they were good size containers. And Jesus said to them, red letters, fill the water pots with water. Now what was their instructions? Whatever he says to you, do it. Now we know from reading the rest of the story a miracle happened here. But not yet. There's a point in every miracle where it's available, but not yet. It's there. It's pressing against the veil of the spirit. To break forth into the seen realm. But not yet. And it can go either way many times. It can happen. Or not. Because it's not just all up to the Lord. You and I have a part to play in it. What if they hadn't done this? You think the story would have been the same? No. What if they hadn't done this? What if they had said... Why? So many miracles have been missed because of that right there. Why? Go dip in the river, Jordan. What did he say? What did Naaman say? Why? Dip! You think I need a bath? <laughs> We've got better rivers where I come from. What do I need to? Do? I don't need a dip. In the river, I need to be healed. They could have thought, Huh, we don't need water. We need wine. Keep this party moving.
1: <laughs> so
0: you thought I'd forgot about that, did you?
1: So people hoping I forgot
0: about it. <laughs> we need wine. Wine <laughs> This is maybe it wasn't wine. It was wine. Wine <laughs> Could have said Kool-Aid. Could have said water. Why? Somebody say why. why. This can cost you your miracle. Why? Friend, again and again and again, when there was a miracle, it began with an instruction, didn't it? Go dip in the river. Stretch forth your hand. Remember these things? Rise, take up your bed and walk. Remember these things? Again and again and again there was an instruction. Wasn't there? What if the instruction had not been acted upon? There would have been no manifestation of miracle power. You have to, by faith, act on the instruction. In our life, Phyllis in my life, we've had miracles, wonderful miracles happen in our life. But they were connected with instructions. Yes. One was we were to go to uh, Ramah and I received instruction, help Brother Hagen. Three words. Didn't know that would be my directive for 20 years. Miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle happened in our life as we followed that directive. Seven years ago, the Lord said, Go to Branson. We thought, Where? It's not like we just always thought, Boy, we're believing to go. But I'm so glad. I'm so glad. He knew. And once we acted on that word to come here, miracles happened. Miracles happened. Financial miracles, new birth miracles. Think of all the things that have happened. It's the result of following an instruction. Here he says, fill up the water pots. Your mind can say, why? What's that got to do with keeping the party going? What's that got to do with wine? Because in your mind it doesn't connect. And the Lord does things like this on purpose. He knows it's not going to connect and he doesn't explain it on purpose. (laughs) Your head's going, why go there now? Why do that now? Why? And if you're dumb, you'll just sit back and contemplate. And the more you stay in your head, the more unreasonable it seems to you. And you think, that just doesn't make sense. I just fill up water pots. Man, if I go out there and start messing with that, they're going to eat up all the chips.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> It'll be all done before I get back. And I got my new robe on. I go out there and mess with them with water pots, And I understand, we ain't talking about taking the garden hose and turning on the faucet and dropping it in there until 30 gallons. No, we're talking about you hustling your little self with a bucket. Back and forth, between the well, back and forth, back. I don't know how long the walk was. Draw the water up, haul it over, pour in a bucket. Go all the way back over, draw it up. You missing the party? Missing the chips. You already heard the wine was running out, so. (laughs) You don't get some of the last. (laughs) You're going to miss out on the whole deal. You're going to get sweaty and stinky. And some of these guys might have been single. They might have thought they might meet somebody at the party, you know. (laughs) And (laughs) you're going to get stinky in your robe. Dirty. Dirty. No wine, no chips, no dip. Why? Why do the water pots need to be filled up right now during the party? Why? That's how you miss miracles. I said, that's how you miss miracles. Why? Doesn't make sense. Why do that? Why do that now? Why do that there? Why? Faith doesn't Ask why. And when you love the Lord. You don't ask why. The one that loves the Lord. Does what? Keeps his word, Does his word. When you love the Lord. And you trust him. When he tells you something. You don't have to understand why. You love him. You do it. That's it. You do it. And trust that he'll show you. What you need to know about it. As you go. And if you don't need to know, you just won't know. It'll work out. You'll see. But you trust him. And you love him. And you don't require having to see it all ahead of time. You're willing to step out by faith. Not seeing. Not knowing. Abraham went out. What? Not knowing where he was going. And he had miracles. Fill up the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. Good boys. I said, good boys. Party clothes and all. They went out there. They got sweaty. They messed up their hair. They got dirt on their robes. They missed out on those little party sandwiches. They were all gone time they got back. But some things are okay to miss. Some things are worth missing. When you get God's miracle. You get His best. They came back. They said, it's done, Lord. They're all sweaty. We got them, Lord. Fill them right up to the brim. When the Lord tells you to do something, do it right. Do it right up to the top. He said, okay. Draw some of that out. And take it to the governor of the feast. Now... <laughs> here's another opportunity to say <laughs> "Why? <wine. laughs> this is a party party music dancing wine and one of the jobs of the governor of the feast they knew how to throw a party man one of the jobs he was the wine taster he check it out before everybody got it make sure it's okay I guess he probably ate the sandwiches and chips, everything. That's good work if you can get it.
1: <laughs>
0: I say, "What do you do?" Party governor.
1: <laughs>
0: I'm a PG. Party governor. That's what I do. You need a party governor? I'm your man. So they said, draw some of that out, take it to him. They're thinking, why? We didn't embarrass ourselves? He's liable able to spit it out right in front of us and go, what are you doing? You don't run a party on water. But what'd they do? This is why it's in the book. They drew it out. They bear it. They handed him a great big old cup of H2O, <laughs> water, just like it was wine, the very best. Yeah. And he took a big swig of it. And they're probably all standing there with bated breath going, I wonder how he likes that water. Because <laughs> he's been drinking wine all day. And he said, mmm mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Now, that's what I call wine. <laughs> Boys, this wine is
1: fine.
0: <laughs> 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 You're just doing that on purpose. You're right. You're right. You're right. Because there is some crusty. Dead religious junk in some people's minds and heads that needs to be knocked off. And you need to realize a lot of stuff you've been calling godly is just dead, dumb, religious stuff. Got nothing to do with Jesus. And you force fed it to your kids and your grandkids and your friends and you've just been mean. Mean in the name of Jesus. And this is rubbing your religious self crosswise. (laughs) Thinking about Jesus partying with wine. Heads going. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Music. Dancing. Chips and dips. And wine. Party was on. Come on. <laughs> and the governor took a big drink of that. He said, Whoa, now that's some good wine. Most people put out the good stuff first. And then when everybody's drunk a bunch, and they're, you know. <laughs> They put the bad stuff out because they get where they can't tell. (laughs) Am I making this up or... Huh? (laughs) He said, the ruler of the feast tasted the water that was made wine. He knew not whence it was. He didn't know where it came from. But the servants that drew the water knew. Can you picture them standing by the side? You know, their hair's messed up. They're still sweaty. They came gave him this big goblet of water. He's the wine taster. He takes a big drink and goes, Mmm, man, this wine is fine. They looked at each other and said, Wine? They didn't know. They didn't know what was going to happen on that. And friend, you don't. When you're walking with the Lord and walking by faith, you don't know everything that's going to happen. You certainly don't know how it's going to happen. A lot of things are going to be a surprise to you. But a good surprise, a good surprise. if, If you'll step out and obey, not knowing, and not let why bind you up and tie you down. He said, "Every man at the beginning does set forth his good wine, and then when men have well drunk, he puts the the worse. But you have kept the good wine till now, man. You pulled out the good stuff. Where'd you get this? This is good stuff. Good job, boys. I know where y'all came up with this? But this is some fine wine. They just smile. At yeah, it's good." <laughs> Where'd you get that? Out at the well? <laughs> yeah. Well's full of it. <laughs> at the well. <laughs> what vintage is that, boys? Oh, about 10 minutes ago, we pulled it right out of the well. <laughs> No, I reckon they kept that to themselves. Just smile. was it? Phyllis says, smile and wave. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's good. Glad you like it. This beginning of miracles. So this was the beginning of miracles. Did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. It wasn't in a demoniac getting delivered. It wasn't in somebody being saved from their sins. It wasn't in somebody getting healed. <laughs> it was party supplies. <laughs> Stand up on your feet, everybody.
1: <laughs>
0: oh boy. <laughs> Glory to God! <laughs>